Hello, welcome to our new podcast on creating momentum. I'm your host, Rachel Day, and my co-host is Kelder Wood. Together, we're going to be chatting about what it takes to achieve a goal. We invite you to join us as Kelda attempts her first triathlon and as we interview a range of other inspiring people to ask them how they achieved their goals, which seemed impossible to the rest of us. The idea behind these podcasts is to dispel any assumptions that achieving inspiring things is for other people. Sometimes we don't understand the whole journey. We don't see the obstacles and the struggles. And these podcasts are here to share everything, what it took to actually achieve that goal and how the people that achieved them answered the question, how can I? Thanks so much for joining us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our next episode of Creating Momentum. Keldra and I are really excited today because we've got a really inspirational guest with us, Paul Fogarty. Now, Paul is a cyclist who's recently achieved a huge milestone, but to get there, he's had to overcome numerous hurdles. Um, and I think I'm going to pass to you, Kelda, to introduce Paul, if you're happy. How, how did you meet? Yeah, I was was introduced to Paul um, through social media, really, um, because obviously with with the journey that I'm going on and then Paul was undertaking quite a challenge himself. Um, someone linked us up through social media and said, I think you should talk to this guy. Um, and we messaged each other. And that was when I said to Paul, you know, it would be awesome if you could come on. Um, to the Creating Momentum podcast and and share your story and tell us a bit about what you've done to adapt and overcome. So um, I'm excited to find out more as well, Paul, and and um, yeah, share share thoughts and ideas. Fantastic, so- thanks, Kelda. Hi, everybody. So my name is Paul Fogarty. I'm delighted to be invited onto this podcast today. So a little bit about me. So I was born with no arms, and I have um, one good leg and one short legs so I wear a false leg on my other leg um, and as a kid growing up um, I used to ride a three-wheeler trike kind of an upright trike um, to get around so if I wanted to go down the park with my friends um, you know go and play football just just hang out with my friends rather than just walking you know the trike was my mode of transport um, and I relied on it heavily um, it was my way of keeping up with my friends and being sociable um, and then moving on I had a four-wheeler quad which again um, was a similar sort of mode of transport. Was often then found outside pubs as I started drinking and going into my teenage life. Um, but yeah, that was my transport then. Um, and then I sort of moved on in my life into sort of family and um, career and things like that. And having a bike wasn't really a need because um, my wife drove our car and things like that. So there was never really a, a need for a bike as such. I often had the back of my mind thought, yeah, that would be nice. Um, but never really pursued any further. And then I only really, I mean, I, I knew I knew that it was possible. I often thought, would it be possible to have more of a, a lightweight, um, streamlined, sportier trike than I had? And I had done a bit of research. And I did know they were out there, but I never pursued it until this dreaded COVID-19 came along and we were all put in this lockdown. And then um, <clears throat> I was in this lockdown thinking, I'm working from home. I'm at home all day. You know, I've got my family, of course, which I love very much. and I've got my job. But if all that disappeared tomorrow, what have I got as my hobby for me? I thought, yeah, I love football. Great. 
but what have I got? You know, I'm going to get older. I'm going to get fatter. What have I got that I can keep myself fat, keep myself happy, have a bit of escapism and just something for me that I can say, yes, I'm going to go and do this as my hobby. And I had nothing, you know, lockdown was a, for me, it was, you know, it wasn't great, but it did give me a kind of a light bulb moment. So I really looked into this triking um, idea. It was at that time. So I knew a friend of mine from my early days. Um, I'm sure I would mention, mind me mentioning his name, Tom Yendel, who's a foot and mouth artist. Um, I saw him. He bought a trike from a company called Quest 88 up in Shifnal. Um, and he's from down south where I originally was from. And I saw his trike. And he's got no arms at all, um, but two good legs. Um, and I thought, gosh, well, if he can ride it with, you know, with no arms, I've got kind of stumps, which I can steer things and use things. And I thought, gosh, well, if he can do it, I must be able to do it. So I looked into this Quest 88 and lo and behold, they are on my doorstep. They must be about five miles up the road. So I was like, wow, so this company that can provide me with trike are on my doorstep. So I was like, wow, let's, let's go along to them, introduce myself and say, here I am, you know, what can you do sort of thing? So I went along and Quest 88 were brilliant. They've got a very much the mentality that I have that, you know, if you want to do it, we will get you doing it. We don't know how yet, and they were honest. They said, we don't know how we're going to do it, but we will get you riding a trike. So I kind of went along and saw Robert Quest 88 and sat on some trikes. And some of them I thought, no, that's not going to be for me. And then one of them, it was an ice trike, um, ICE, they're a company from um, Cornwall, fantastic company. And I sat on mine and I thought, yeah. And I could kind of feel how things were going to go and where the brakes were going to be. And then and this is all during lockdown. So we had some um, socially distanced assessments, um, and then slowly but surely it sort of came together where everything was going to go. And then um, all, I think it was around August time, I put the order in for the trike. Um, really, really excited, really excited. Couldn't wait to, um, you know, get going, just have the freedom to get out and about on my bike. Um, but but the, the funny thing was I'd never ridden the bike I was going to get. So I was paying an awful lot of money. I mean, thousands and thousands of pounds for this trike, but I didn't know what I was going to be able to do on it until I rode it. So I hadn't ridden one with the motor. I hadn't ridden one with the steering. I hadn't ridden one with the one pedal, you know, powered by my one leg. So I was kind of really excited, but apprehensive to think, am I just going to be able to ride around the block? Am I going to be able to ride around the block with no motor? Am I going to be able to ride with my friends? You know, and it was just completely, completely unknown. So then, you know, lockdown caused a lot of problems within the cycling and I think logistically around the world for a lot of things. So I had to wait until November for my truck to be delivered. And it was delivered and I was absolutely blown away with it. I could do, I could ride 30 miles with a motor, but I could ride it. I could, and the other thing, I didn't know how, what sort of gradient of a hill I'd be able to go up. Didn't have a clue. Might not have been able to get out of my clothes. I didn't know until I got this trike and rode it. So yeah, I was blown away. I mean, my fitness level, yes, I was a um, couch potato. Plus, that's the polite word. I hadn't done a lot of exercise because obviously with my leg, I can't do a lot of walking. So I had a bit of a gut and I just thought, wow. So slowly but surely, I built up the fitness to um, to ride this bike. And then I believe it was in January. I'm naff with dates. As my wife will tell me with my wedding anniversary and things like that. But in January, I believe it was, I thought, right, I really want to undertake an event. I really want to have a go at something that... It's going to stretch me. It's going to build um, awareness that, yes, I'm doing this on a trike with one leg, with no motor. Um, so I signed myself up for the Poppy Ride, which is um, in Shropshire. And it's uh, the, I, I signed up for the shortest one because the flattest one. It was 35 kilometers around Shropshire, starting in Lillishaw and ending in Lillishaw. Um, 
and I just signed up for it. I thought, right, let's go for it. I need to get some sponsorship. So I thought, right, let's go for it. It'll give me something to aim for. And I wanted, I didn't want it to be an event where it's like, oh, well done, Paul. He's disabled. He's done an event. Oh, well done. He's done that because he's, you know, let's pat him on the back. I want it to be an event that, wow, actually, this is something that able body would struggle to do with and we're entering, but he's just done this on a recumbent trike with one leg. You know, I wanted to be a, yeah, I wanted to be a bit of a, a bit of a wow. So yes, yeah, so I signed up for it. I started training and I started off by riding one mile with my with my one leg, and it was a killer. And I mean, this is on the all the all flat. I was like, wow, you know, I've really got a long way to go before my my May event. And then I just slowly, gradually built it up. So I went for one mile no motor, uh, four miles no motor. I did quite a few four miles no motor. And then just week on week, just gradually built up the distance. And then it must have been, I think towards the end of January, I went and did a, a recce of the of the route that I was going on. And I knew there were some hills. But I wasn't expecting the hill that I come across. I was like, oh, wow, I'm never going to do that with no motor. Never, ever. So I did the recce with the motor thinking I've got some serious training. My leg needs to be a hell of a lot stronger to get my bike up the, up the hill. Because it's not with the one leg, it's not so much... You know the pushing forward is bringing the pedal back up because with the two legs you've got the other leg pushing it forward so you've always got the two legs but with this i had to pull my leg through and to get it going so yeah it was a real challenge um and yeah at points i thought i can't do this um and with the training it was difficult as well because i was at a speed where i was going too fast to go with someone that wants to go for a walk but then i was going too slow for my mates that was just on a bike ride so, you know, it was quite a lonely training session in the evenings, in the dark, in the cold, in the rain. Um, but, you know, by that point, I had four, five, six, seven hundred pounds worth of fundraising. I thought, you know, I've got to stick to this. Got to keep get it. And I did keep, keep going. Um, in the end, I raised one thousand three hundred pounds for the British Legion. So I was really, really grateful for everyone that, you know, donated. Um, and I did. Yeah. So kept getting to the long and short of it. Is I did the event on the May the 16th. Um, what should have been 35 kilometers ended up being 50 kilometers because there was a reroute because of some floods and then there was some poor signage. So we ended up going So my mate, my mate, Mark, who um, he's a bit of a, a fitness freak. I'm going to call him a freak because he's a fitness freak. He um, did a lot of the training with me and he ran with me. So he ran and he knew the area really, really well. And we thought we're going way out of our way here. So we got our phones out and thought, yeah, we're eight miles out of where we should have been. So we turned around and yeah, it ended up being 50 kilometers. But yeah, just that last mile back up the Lushaw Drive, having people cheering me and all of that, you know, it, it, yeah, it brought a tear to the eye having the family there and everything like that. But it was really, really worthwhile. Um, you know, even the cramp with every leg stroke that I pulled that pedal through, because I don't know if anyone knows the Lillishaw Drive. It's a gradual 1.2 mile drive and oh. I was so glad to see the end of it. And then about three minutes later, my mate caught up with me who had run it 50 kilometers. Um, yeah, it was an absolutely amazing, amazing time. Something I've really, really looked back on fondly. Um, and like I say, it was just excellent to do. Wow. Thank you so much, Paul. I, I love that how you've just managed to summarize a whole uh, two years experience in the last five minutes. Um, and, I, and I can tell that Kelder is also itching to ask you things. Um, <laughs> One of the one of the things that I think I that struck me was and um, was almost how it began um, because it began with I need something for me a bit of me time a bit of a hobby and then it turned into something that was really a huge goal 
and I, I just wouldn't, I was just wondering how that sort of happened. Did it go literally, I just want a hobby or did it start off with this needs to be big or is that how you tend to, to do things anyway, Paul, that you don't sort of do things in small measures? Yeah, I like a challenge. I think, you know, I think I, I don't like just ticking on by and yeah, I, I like a challenge. I like to challenge myself and show other people actually what, you know, what you can do, what other disabled people can do, what's what's possible. People think, you know, things aren't possible. Well, let's put it, let's prove it. Let's let's give it a go. You know, I, have, I had up until May the 16th to be proven that it wasn't possible. And then it was possible just through grit, determination, lots of training, a few flapjack bars along the way to keep me, give me energy. And, you know, and I, I made it over the finish line. Um, so, yeah, I do like to, I like to, yeah, I like, I like a challenge. I think my life's been a challenge. Kelda? <laughs> yeah, you can. I'm just going to pass to Kelda because um, I bet she knows all about what's possible and grit and determination and probably even flapjacks. So, well, yeah, definitely the flapjack bits. But the thing that, I mean, there's been loads I wanted to say there, Paul, but the thing I think there is when you say grit, determination, there's one really important thing you didn't say there, and that's a lot of blooming hard work, you know? And one of the frustrations that I often feel is that people think it comes easy. It doesn't, does it? it no. You know, it takes a lot of hard work. It lot takes a lot of commitment, a lot of dedication, a lot of setbacks, a lot of questioning yourself, a lot of wondering why you're doing it. And so for kind of people listening it's like you know if you do set yourself a challenge whether it's a big challenge or a little challenge or just something you really want to do it takes hard work mm -hmm. um and you know when that alarm goes off because you've got to get out of bed on a sunday to go training and it's peeing down with rain and all you want to do is sit and watch the telly you know that's what makes it possible to do the 50 kilometers at the end of the day as well so um you know don't tell yourself short Paul because I I know the kind of commitment that it takes to actually make it happen and um I, I the other thing I was going to say Rachel is when you said you've just summed up two years you know very I think you've summed up summed up all our podcasts that we've been doing <laughs> since the start of lockdown as well because like all the points that we've made you kind of like nailed them right there which is which is brilliant you know um so yeah and and just that whole thing of go with it, go with it. You know, sometimes we don't plan the end result, do we? But taking the first step is, and, and that might be as far as it goes, but unless you take that first step, you'll never know. And, you know, for you, it then led on to the next bit and the next bit and the next bit, bit to finish in that challenge on the 16th of May. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, Paul, if, if you'd have thought, if your first thought was, I'm going to prove what's possible and 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 do a 50k bike ride, would you have begun the journey, or was it that it needed to sort of slowly evolve? I, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, yeah, I think I probably would have done the 50k. Um, I think I would have probably tackled it maybe a little bit longer. Um, yeah, I think I would have done it. And I think, like you say there, Kelda, you know, it's taking that first step. And for me, you know, I've, I've got my my blog, my three wheels, one leg on Facebook. And, you know, I see a lot of comments and I just I'd say to people, 
take the first step and stop comparing yourself. Social media is fantastic for lots and lots of things, but don't compare yourself to X, Y, and Z, whether that's your Strava, whether that's your Facebook, because everybody's challenge is so, so different. Your challenge is personal and just compare that to you. The amount of times when I was cycling along the road and the country lanes and I was getting overtaken by groups of five, four or five cyclists going on their you know, racing bikes off for probably 10 times the distance I was going, 10 times the speed I was going, I could have thought, what am I doing? What am I doing crawling up six miles an hour for 10 miles, absolutely knackering myself out when, you know, I'm seeing these guys. But actually, when I did do that 10 miles at six miles an hour, I got home, I thought, wow, for me, that was a record because my previous one was only six miles. So, you know, just, and this is really a big thing that I've taken away from my challenges. Don't compare yourself to other people. Just compare yourself to your previous ride or your, your previous record or whatever your previous thing is. Just, just, just compare it to yourself because everybody is, you know, so, so different. Brilliant, Paul. Yeah. What did you want to come in on that? Calder? Yeah. I mean, it, it's so interesting just because obviously, you know, I've got the triathlon coming up this Saturday and um, I was being asked today, what time are you planning to do it in um which is a great question because I am naturally a competitive person um the thing is I am like you were saying there Paul you know I watch people come steaming past me swimming I watch people come steaming past me on the bike I will 100% watch people come steaming past me on on the run and I can start to feel disheartened and start to feel like I'm not good enough I got really grumpy at the weekend because no one was swimming swimming slower than me um you know and and it was kind of like why aren't I better why aren't I faster and and then you've got to remember like you know a few months ago I couldn't even blooming swim front crawl and you know just the fact that you're out there doing it and it's it's back to that thing where what we would say to someone else if you saw anyone else do it you'd say you're just blooming awesome for doing it you know mm. but when it's us we try and like com like say compare don't we and it, mm. it is always remembering we've said it before Rachel like why you're doing it and and that's the really important thing isn't it yeah I mean the, the why this is what I heard from you Paul in terms of your why was almost to prove what's possible um and that's that's actually a huge why isn't it because it gave you permission to go into the unknown, which is another thing you said, you just had no idea what, what, what how it would work out, what, what was possible and what wasn't, but you were interested to see what would be possible. So would you say that is the why that sort of gave you the fuel to keep going, Paul, or was there something else going on for you? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I am very, very, you know, dedicated and committed. So once I'd signed up to that challenge, that was going to be my challenge. You know, of course, like Calder say, you, you have your, your bad days and you think, oh, why am I doing this? You know, I'm getting soaking wet, my legs killing, you know, why am I putting myself through this? But then you come home, you warm up and think, oh, actually, you know, I've, I've done that. That's good. That's another step towards the end goal. So it's all just, you know, start off with baby steps and then, you know, you can soon soon, soon take bigger steps. Um, but no, I, I think it's just very much my nature that, you know, once I'm going to sign up to something, I, I will do that. I will complete it. And, and Paul, I've written down two things here. One was what you've just said there, the small steps, because something that was really obvious when you were talking was how it was that one step at a time, you, you know, started off with just getting it, but then it was doing 1K, it was doing 2K, you know, it's doing it with a motor, it was doing it 
without a motor and breaking it down into those manageable chunks, which I can completely relate to as far as the Atlantic crossing went, because that was exactly what I had to do with that to, to keep it manageable. And again, I think so often we can set ourselves up for that failure because because we set ourselves too big a step and then we can't do it and, and we think we can't. So, you know, as far as that inspiration that we want all of this to be about, like those small steps are so, so important. Um, and then the other thing I wrote down in capital letters with exclamation marks at the end of it was just do it. Because, you know, like when you just went and bought the bike, you know, you didn't know if it was right, you hadn't ridden it and it cost a lot of money. And there was a real gamble there, but you just did it. Mm -hmm. And if it didn't work out, okay, you worry about that then. But, you know, it did work out. And then once you've got it, you could start moving forward with those next steps. And sometimes we can make all the excuses in the world why we shouldn't, don't we? But sometimes you've just got to do it. And that's the thing that will get the, the ball ro rolling and start the momentum. Well, you're, you're nodding there um, at what Kelda's saying. I just wondered, should we keep this real for a minute? Can you tell us about the bad days? Can you can you tell us about a bad day when actually you were absolutely ready to give up and, and how you overcame that? I think I never really had any really bad days where I, you know, I was going to give up. I had, you know, I had lonely days where I was cycling out on my own for a while. And like you say, you're going through the country lanes and you've got, like I alluded to a minute ago, that you've got people going past you much, much quicker than you. And you think, oh, why am I doing this? You know, is this really, is this really good? You know, is this actually going to be, seem to be, uh, you know, something wow, when actually people are doing it. But then actually when you think, no, yeah, no, it, for me, it is a, it's a step towards, you know, on that road towards the end goal. Um, so I, I don't think I've really had, ever had any really, really bad days where I thought well, that's it, I can't do it um because i knew that you know if i stuck to my plan and my training plan i would get to the end result um but no it was it, it was okay um yeah my initial my initial thought afterwards was i'm never doing that again but now i'm starting to think i haven't got that little bit of challenge in my life so i need to do something so yeah um we shall see but my initial thought was god i'm never doing that again and that's actually quite a good litmus test, isn't it? To a challenge well done. If, if we think we didn't want it, we don't want to repeat it. We've obviously pushed ourselves to the limit. So yeah, it was uh, that's, really, that's really, really, really good, good sign. Um, Rachel, I'm, I'm thinking as well on the whole keeping it real thing, because, you know, a barrier that could stop someone from doing this could be finances, you know, because when you said that, that the bike was a lot of money, and, you know, this is what I love sometimes is when we'll get into a discussion about, right, what would the solution be to that? Because I know when I've tried to do things and money has been a barrier, like I haven't been able to afford to just go and buy something. So it's really been trying to look around, okay, how, how do I make that possible? And I, I don't know what the answer is. I'm kind of putting it to, to both of you two as well as to... If there's someone listening to this who says, well, that would be great, but I can't afford to go and buy one, what would be a right way around it? Mm -hmm. 
Paul, I don't know if, I don't know if either of you've got any ideas because um, I mean, my brain's going and I'm thinking there will be a way around this. I couldn't tell you right now what it is, but yeah. there will be one. And it is a real problem, you know, I think for some people, you know, maybe it was my wife or my family or whatever, when I had to go and spend in excess of £6,000 for a bike, to ride a bike, when they can go to health and pay £200 for a bike. That, that, that was the difference in their mind. And I said, but that is, that's the way it is. If I could get one cheaper, I would. But this is going to be the best solution for me to be able to get out and ride a bike. So there is a huge gap between, yeah, what, what you know, a mainstream bike and the, the bit, bit of kit I needed. Um, yeah, I had to, I, I was lucky enough, the company I worked for helped out with some CO2 um, funding. So I got a bit of money there and a bit of charity, but the rest of it was all self-funded. But yeah, financing it is a, is a big, big obstacle. But do you know what? I think, because thinking whether this is someone whose dream is to climb Everest or row the Atlantic or, or get a tri bike, I've just written down there again, how can I? Because, you know, one of my mottos that you haven't been lucky enough to be introduced to yet, Paul, is, you know, it's not about saying I can't, it's about saying how can I? So I've always gone with that attitude of, okay, how can I make this possible? So it's kind of like, that's exactly it, isn't it? Whether you put together a campaign that can start to be of interest to corporate sponsors or whether you do a crowdfunding thing or whether you, um, you know, look at sponsorship from a company or, or you know, there's, there's loads of um, grants and trusts and foundations that you can apply for if you're showing that you're increasing physical activity. And, and so... There are lots of options. I couldn't sit here and give you the exact answer, but there's lots of things that, you know, when you start thinking, how can I make it possible, that there's research to be done to find out ways to make it happen. And I think if you want to do something enough, you know, if you want it that badly, yes, finances is going to be a problem. Well, it, not, no, it's not, it is going to be a problem. It could be an issue, but it's just going to be one of those hurdles in the road to get you to your dream, to be able to fulfill your challenge. So, you know, yes, it might be difficult. You know, you might have to go and do three months worth of research on the internet, apply to 50 different charities, do some crowdfunding, whatever you're going to do. But if that is your dream and you are dedicated and committed to get to that point, then that will be the first step. But once you've got that first step, there'll be other hurdles. And one of my mottos is, um, you know, I don't see um, I don't see obstacles as um, blocks. I see obstacles as opportunities. So, you know, yes, you might become a, come across something. Actually, think, oh, I hadn't thought of that. How am I going to get around that? You have to explore different avenues. You know, there are ways to doing everything. You might not be as quick as someone else. You might not do it in the same way as something else. You know, you might not do it in the same position as someone else. But you know, you can get to that end goal. Um, by 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 planning um, and thinking about uh, another way around it. Yeah, I think uh, I love what you said there, Paul. Around um, actually, that might just be one of your challenges. And if you're going to do a goal that's really worthwhile and that you're going to feel really proud of at the end of it, you're going to have hurdles and challenges. And so, for some people, that'll be finances. For other people, that'll be different things, won't it? And it, mm -hmm. it's almost seeing it as one of those things can can help keep that momentum going. And and I always remember that quote that's you know the the barriers are there to stop the people that don't want it, not to stop the people that do. 
and I love that you know it's kind of yeah they're, they're there to kind of sort out the men from the boys really so um you know be be that person that wants it like you say if you want it enough you'll find a way won't you and that doesn't mean there aren't setbacks it doesn't mean that it's easy it doesn't mean that you don't have to fight tooth and nail for it sometimes but if you want it enough you'll get there it makes it even more all the more rewarding i think at the end knowing that you've gone through this you know it's not going to be plain sailing and it's going to be really really hard but getting to the end point thinking I've overcome all these things it's really really rewarding it's all part of it yeah. and one of the things that you were sharing earlier that sounds like one of your secrets to success Paul is involving other people um so having somebody run with you I mean that that sounds like an incredible uh, way of sort of ensuring that you go out there and do it but yeah how how did you actually involve other people and recruit other people in your in your goal, in your dream? It was quite easy, really. I mean, I kind of, as soon as I said to people I was getting my trike, my neighbour got a bike, my family got bikes, you know, everyone was getting, everyone was come out with me. Um, so that wasn't a problem. And like I say, my, my good friend, Mark, who um, does triathlons, um, is always on a bike, always running. You know, like I say, I was too, I was too fast for people walking, but it kind of worked out that actually his running pace and my cycling pace was pretty good. Um, so, you know, we often met up and he was running and I was riding, um, my other friend, you know, he would just go at the pace with me. Um, so no, it wasn't that difficult, um, to get people to come out with me. Um, but I did, I didn't, I did realize actually that I really enjoyed the social aspect of the trike. Um, and actually the, the, the training side of it, like as I've kept, kept, kept saying, it is quite lonely. Um, so, you know, I really do like going out with people. I think that's a really important point as well isn't it Paul because you know quite often people will say oh, I haven't got the motivation to do it and kind of the question is right well what do you need to give you the motivation mm. and if that's the social side mm. it, it's a really important part of succeeding isn't it is yep. recognizing that and then putting that in place yeah I think you know once you've got your challenge you know tell people about it make yourself accountable that it's out there on the open whether it's on social media or whatever just just tell people and then you know it gives you more and more reason that you've actually got to fulfill it through and see it through to the end um but yeah that's why i set up the three wheels one leg just to let people know what i was doing um and also you know just to raise awareness and inspire others so so paul i'm going to ask you a question that i always wanted to thump anyone who asked me so i, I can't actually believe i'm asking you it but that is the what's next question <laughs> at the moment nothing is lined up um i'm just enjoying riding my bike in this nice weather um enjoying the countryside and enjoying riding with my friends and stuff nothing is lined up um there is something in the pipeline which i'm not going to announce as yet um, <laughs> but it, I, i'm hoping to be able to give more news soon um but yeah just just going to carry on enjoying riding you know and just spending time with family and friends and getting out and about. And, and that's a really important what's next, isn't it? You know, sometimes if it is just about enjoying it, it, it doesn't always have to be about doing a big challenge, but if you're still enjoying the, the freedom, the fitness, the social, the family, the friends, that that's a brilliant what next in itself. That'll do me. And, and Paul, can I just say what I love is through all of this conversation 
you've never mentioned really the fact that you've lost three of your limbs or you, you haven't got three of your limbs sorry I know you did and it, you know I see a lot of people where they get focused on their limitation and it all becomes about their limitation but actually when we change our focus and we're just looking at what we want you know what we can do rather than what we can't and and for me just the fact that this whole conversation has been around what you want to do and and not what you couldn't do um like that to me is says so much about attitude um and that, that that's such a strong and an awesome attitude to have and that can make such a difference can't it you know yeah very i'm very much a believer you know focus on what you can do and what you rather than what you can't do um you know there are things i can't do you know i, I would never have been able to run a marathon but I, you know that wasn't my own goal my own goal was to um you know i've got one good leg which is, you know, can be can be used to power a trike. So if I could ride a bike with one leg, then that's going to get me out and about and doing it. And, you know, my one good leg is as good as anybody's one good leg. So, you know, on that part, we're on a level level par. But, yeah, it was very much making sure I had the bit of kit to make me able rather than being disabled. And I think that trike ha has definitely made me able-bodied as far as cycling is because I can go wherever, as fast as I want, as far as I want. And, and, you know, you said something really important there, Paul, keeping it in line with our whole keeping it real. You know, to run a marathon wouldn't be realistic. So, you know, sometimes when we talk about, you know, preaching that positivity and if you put your mind to it, you can achieve anything. You know, I believe that to a point, but you're probably like me. I couldn't run a marathon. You know, I couldn't go out and run a marathon, but I can look at saying, well, how could, could I do a marathon? And that might be, you know, with my poles, with a Zimmer frame, with a chair, with a trike, you know, mm -hmm. but it's, it's always keeping it real. So let's not get unrealistic, mm -hmm. but then that stops you wasting energy on things that yeah. aren't going to happen mm -hmm. and put all your energy into the stuff that is, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, thank. I feel very inspired to be on... Um, with you both actually and learn so much from you both so thank you so much Paul for finding the time at the end of a busy work day to come and share and talk, chat with us and discuss with us I've definitely learned so much thank you no thank you very much for having me thank you Paul and keep us posted with the next thing if it does yeah. happen we want to be the first to know Paul <laughs> goes ahead and if people wanted to connect with you Paul have a good week Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Is it via Facebook? Is that the best way? Yeah, my main um, connection stream is on Facebook and it's um, Three Wheels, One Leg, and that's my blog. Three Wheels, One Leg. Brilliant. Well, I think you might get a few more people um, following you. I'm definitely going to be one of them. So thank you again for, for coming on this evening, Paul. And, uh... So that's the end of our podcast for today. Thanks so much for joining us. Really hope that you enjoyed it. If you can rate and review us and subscribe to this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, it will really help as many people as possible hear about it. You can also follow Creating Momentum on the usual social media channels. And you can find out more about Kelder Wood on climbingout.org.uk or Rachel Day on flyingschool.fun. 
really look forward to seeing you next time. Goodbye.